Welcome in. It is episode two. We finally have found the time to do episode two of the Morningside Hoops podcast. I'm Kyle Matrician. I'm going to be joined by a few guests this week, one of what you just heard chime in, Mike Kowalski. He's here with me for the introductions. Mike, how are you? I'm great. You know, we've played a lot of basketball. We have. There's been a uh, There's a lot to talk about. Ten, about 10 games on each side, yeah, I believe. 12, I mean, men have played 12. Men have played 12. Women have played 10. So we're a month into the basketball season, we can say that. Uh, a lot has happened on both sides. Uh, we'll be talking to Lillian Kennedy and Madison Hardy, two of the seniors on the women's basketball team in the women's portion. And on the men's portion, we're going to be talking to Josh Odenowu, who I believe we had on this podcast last year. Yeah. I always enjoy catching up with Josh. Yeah, he's a good guy. He's a I great mean, guy. You know, just well-spoken. Yes. Uh, there's going to be a lot of things to hit on on the women's side. Obviously, uh, they're having the season right now that they, you know, that they wanted to have. Uh, I think at this point, I mean, maybe they would have liked one more victory at least. But uh, eight and two so far. They've got a really good net ranking. Back to back Ivy League players of the week and Jada Patrick and Abby Shue. Just coming off a win uh, Wednesday night at Stony Brook. A little bit of a revenge game for them because Stony Brook. Beat them in a Is very high-scoring game here like last I, year. Every game's a revenge game, I feel like. Uh, we had Seton <laughs> Hall, we had Stony Brook, and now uh, UMass on Saturday is a revenge game. Uh, Coach Griffith is calling this Revenge Week. Okay. So, And then it's going to close out with LIU before the break. Uh, and then on the men's side, uh, we will be talking, like we said, to Josh Odenowu. And as I'm going to bring up with Josh, you know, I really feel like from where they've come from game one to right now, like they're really starting to find their stride. I mean, one of the youngest teams in the country, Mike. One of the youngest teams in the country, too. And they've, the way they've stacked their games, too, like it's not indicative. They've had a tough, grueling schedule, too, playing three games in four days, the back-to-back, playing Providence on Saturday and Amherst on on a Monday. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, that's tough. That's tough. It's a tough turnaround from a physical standpoint. And not to make excuses, but – it's a difficult uh, transition sometimes, especially when you have that young of a team. So yep. it's going to help them in the long run when things kind of slow down in the Ivy League play when you're playing maybe once a week and that those couple back-to-backs. Um, it's going to help them in the long run. You can see it. they're starting to turn the corner. The last three games, uh, um, you know, you're kind of starting to see some, execu- some more sharpness on execution. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they do these next two games and moving forward as you get into Ivy League play. 100%. I know a lot of people are really excited about this first-year class and Avery Brown, Kenny Nolan, Blair Thompson, and I'm going to say this wrong. Is it Zeno? Zeno Bedry, yep. Zeno Bedry. Um, and then obviously, like, but even like we talked about with Josh, I mean, yes, he's a junior, but he played half a season last right. year, and we'll get into why he played half a season when we talk with him. No spoilers. But uh, – even for the guys that are juniors on this team right now, at most they played one full season. Yeah, uh, yeah, the, yeah, exactly. Your, your juniors are technically sophomores, mm-hmm. and so you got to like kind of play into that. And you see, you know, the the number of minutes and the percentage of scoring by underclassmen is seventy five percent. Yeah, and again, they, they also Columbia also returned seventy five percent of their scoring from last year. So it's like they were young last year; they're still young. It's not like they're a veteran laden squad. So. Again, they're they're learning on the fly. You know, Coach Engels does a great job teaching these guys on and off the court. Um, they've got the, and you can start to you're starting to see some things. You know, from an execution standpoint, that things are starting to come together. And we talked to Josh about this too. Defensively, it's a night and day from what it was at the beginning of the season. 100. Um, percent And with that, we're gonna head to break. And when we come back, we will be talking to Josh. I don't know who first this week. So stick around for our conversation with Josh. At Athletic Brewing Company, we've built America's first craft non-alcoholic brewery. 
we've created a lineup of award-winning, non-alcoholic beers. Our beers are made with organic grains and start at only 50 calories. Athletic beers are perfect for anyone who loves being healthy and active, but also loves to enjoy a great-tasting beer with friends. To give us a try, go to athleticbrewingcompany.com and use code ATHLETIC20 for 20% off your first order. We all know what comes with being a fan, the ups, the downs, and everything in between. Share a Coke with a friend. Coca-Cola, the official beverage of the Columbia Lions. Welcome back to the Morning Side Hoops podcast. I'm joined today by junior forward Josh Odenowu from Laurel, Maryland, and Perkyoman School, right? Say that right? Yes, sir. Perkyoman yes, yes, <laughs> School. Josh, appreciate you taking the time to join us today. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. All right. Uh, I think you have a really interesting uh, story that I want to start with uh, from last year, I know, and I'm going to let you tell it. But I know you battled with some health concerns last season, so it's good to see you back on the court. But a big part of what happened to you last year had to deal with COVID. Yeah. Uh, so do you mind sharing with everybody that your whole story? Yeah, so so basically last year, um, around after winter break, I had got COVID. Um, I had really bad symptoms, sore throat, chest was hurting, you know, all that stuff. Um, you know, I come back, I did all the tests, you know, the um, the regular protocol that you got to do. Um, then they said they found some inflammation in my heart. Um, so basically just had a, a, like a small case of myocarditis, which is just inflammation in the heart wall. Um, you know, it was concerns. I wasn't going to play basketball again, um, just stuff like that. You know, I had to take three months off with any physical activity. I, I couldn't do nothing that would get my heart rate up. Like, I even asked, I asked uh, if I could go bowling one time. They said I couldn't even go bowling. Oh. Like, anything that could have possibly got my heart rate up, like, it was it was out of the question. I couldn't really do anything. I was just sidelined, no physical activity, nothing. You know, um, you know, got my test. Probably about, like, halfway between the three months, I got my test back. I said the um, swelling was gone. But, um, you know, I still had to wait the three months just for protocol, make sure nothing comes back, you know, everything's solid. But, you know, three months later, you know, I did my did my test, um, ran on the treadmill for about like thirty minutes. Um, they said all my all my numbers were normal, everything was good, and then after that I was cleared. And then after that it was just a battle, just trying to get my body into um into shape again, because you know it's, it's different than being injured. Where like you might injure your leg, you can still do something upper body, you know, with your other leg, something something in the store. Like I couldn't do anything, no physical activity at all, so I was completely out of shape. It was kind of just like just restarting. Is everything for real so but you know now every after since that happened you know it just gave me like a new insight on this basketball stuff like every day on the court it's nothing taken for granted like I'm just so appreciative of everything every opportunity that I have on the court you know even if I don't play that much just just grateful for the opportunity to even be on the court now so and now this year you played 12 games started six averaging 20 minutes a game so far this year I mean it's great to see you back on the court. I mean, how long was that process from start to finish from when, you know, you first had COVID and you were, you know, found out that you had the inflammation until you really felt like yourself again? Um, so I had COVID, I want to say, like, I got diagnosed with COVID probably middle of December. Mm-hmm. Um, supposed to come back. Then my two weeks supposed to come back, like, early January. Come back. Um, come back. They played Penn. And I met them there, you know, it was great energy, great vibe. You know, they, they thought I was going to practice, like, next couple of days. But, like, I told them, like, like nah, this just don't feel right on like my body. Like, I couldn't, mm-hmm. I couldn't do it. So then, like, probably about, like, I would say a month and a half to two months later, that's when I really felt like, 
normal again, like no symptoms, nothing. Cause I had a cough for like a very long time. Still get like a little chest burn here and there, but like probably like after like two months, that's when I really felt like just back to nothing, no symptoms, nothing like that. And it doesn't affect you, you think, anymore? Like, is there anything where, like, if you, uh, I don't know, I don't know if you're a big runner, but say you yeah. tried to go on, like, a 30-minute hour jog or something like that, like, or if you're in practice, do you ever you ever feel like, uh, you know, it just kind of has, like, not nothing that would really affect you, but you just kind of feel it a little bit? Um, at times I did, but then I think that was all in my head. Just, okay. like, just thinking, like, dang, like, why am I so tired today? Like, I'm normally not this tired. But then again, all that stuff I think goes back to just like diet, sleep, and stuff like that. So I I kind of let that stuff get in the mix and just kind of like got it in my head a little bit. But I got it out of that now. Like I, I'm thinking I'm all good now. And is there anything you have to do like on a follow up basis still because of that? Like do you have to do like like a six still doing like six month or one year follow ups just to check on everything? Uh yeah, I think they're gonna. I think I got to check up with the doctor again pretty soon. But um, besides that, just like a little check up here and there, just make sure I'm good. But. Besides that, I'm good. Awesome. Well, it was really awesome to see you on the court. I mean, how did it feel for you that first game of the year, when getting out there and getting on the court? Like, how did that feel for you? It was good, man. I felt like, you know, we played Rutgers. I remember last year we played Boston College, you know, ACC team. Um, I was sophomore last year, basically my freshman year, first year yeah. playing. So, you know, I kind of had the jitters, you know, going into a big game, ACC team. Like, like wow, I'm on a big stage. But now, like this year, even though I only had, like, my 12 games last year, I came into it. It was just, like, a reg another regular game. Like, Rutgers, it wasn't nothing. Even though they beat us, it's like, this is a bunch of other Hoovers just like us. Nothing special besides just, like, the name and the conference that they're in. So, then I had, like, a new just newfound confidence, new growth. So, I felt good, very excited, you know, very energetic, you know, to be on the court again and just grateful, you know, for the opportunity to be there again. So, I think Mike can hit on this a little bit more than I can, but we were talking about it earlier. I mean, you guys – one of the youngest teams in the country, right, yeah. in terms of not only academic year, but in terms of, like, minutes played heading into the season. So how's it been this year to, like, train and compete? And, like, does it, has it felt like it's brought a new energy to this team? Yeah, it has. I mean, like, the, the thing about it is that we're all learning, like, from from the oldest guys to the youngest guys, that like, we're all learning. Like, I'm one of the oldest guys on the team, and I only played half a season of college basketball. Mm -hmm. So it's like I'm still learning half the stuff that I'm trying to help the young guys learn at the same time. So it's like we're all just helping each other. It's like a great energy because, like, we're just all on the same page. You know, we're all just trying to help each other get better. You know, anybody could tell anybody anything just because, you know, we all still learning. Some people know stuff that some people don't. And, you know, I feel like guys do a good job listening, uh, do a good job just trying to help each other and stuff like that. So I feel like we're all on the same page. We're going in the right direction. Who's the who's the energy guy in practice this year? Who's who's the guy that brings the energy? You might be looking at him. Oh, am I looking at him? Am I looking? Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm definitely one of them. But you know, I think a lot of guys' energy. Kenny brings a lot of energy. Blair brings a lot of energy. You know, Zay. I think everybody really does a good job of bringing energy. You know, some days like you know guys might have a little off day. Some somebody else might be the energy guy that day. You know, I feel like our team does a good job of complimenting each other as far as that. You know. A lot of guys can bring energy on different days, so. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I was – I'm going to throw it back. When we were getting ready for, to play Providence, sometimes the announcers kind of reach out. Uh, John Fanta, who called the game on FS2, one of our uh, – a friend of the program, right. <laughs> we'll call he him is. that. He is. Uh, you know, he wanted to get some info on the team before we played, and I said, you know, you're 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 kind of like a big glue energy guy. Yeah. You know, I think when you're going, I think it lifts the team up. When you're running the floor, be able to get a dunk or something like that, or make an impact, or get you know a block, a shot, or something like that. So, is that kind of how you see your role, or in, and how has that kind of evolved from last year into this year? Um, definitely, that's how I saw my role. Um, 
that's definitely how I see my role. I feel like I kind of kind of wanted to embrace the same role last year. It was just kind of, you know, my first season there, I didn't want to, you know, overstep any boundaries, nothing like that. I'm still kind of getting comfortable playing at this level and stuff like that. So I feel like between now and last year, like, I just had the platform to really be able to grow in this position, you know. I feel like feel like, the, like the role I play is, like, I feel like I'd rather do that than just scoring or just, like, any other thing like that just because, like, I feel like it just has a great impact on everybody and it's just influence everybody on the team. You know, just with my energy, you know, diving on the floor, grabbing rebounds, playing defense, all the stuff that I might not store up on the sashi, I feel like, you know, that's that's the stuff I love to do. That's that's what I think that could take me to the next level just because, like, anybody could do it, but not nobody wants to do it. You know right. what I mean? Uh, I really feel like this team is starting to kind of hit its stride a little bit as far as they can. I mean, it's such a young team. But, you know, the New Hampshire game here, like a really exciting game, really defensive game, yeah. right? I feel like that's such a grind when you play through a game like that, yeah. right? Because it's almost like in your head you feel like a low-scoring game would, in your head, like go by quick. But I feel like the low-scoring defensive games are such a grind. They just, yeah. like, you know, try and wear you down, wear you down. And then, obviously, the Sarah Lawrence game, which you guys, like, is, I feel like those D3 games really serve as, like, a good way to tune up and, you know, practice things and then the umbc game i mean umbc like how many grad players did they have started in that game they had, well they have four grad transfers and they had they have like a bunch more seniors so they were the yeah. probably one of the oldest teams in d1 yeah, yeah like one of the facing one of the youngest teams in d1 and i mean i mean at the end of the day it's a seven it comes down to a seven point game but i mean what do you feel like is like starting to kind of click for this team right now like where you guys are really starting to turn a little bit of a corner here I think just the chemistry and like connectivity, both like offensively and defensively, like guys just knowing like where how guys are gonna move offensively, or just how guys are gonna rotate defensively, and just knowing where to pick up from that spot that they move from. So I think that think that them get those games really really helped, especially the D3 games. I feel like those are just the games that just show us like we could really do what we want to do. Like like the opponent really shouldn't matter, you know, because these guys are hoopers just like the rest of us. Like you know, D3, D1, like a lot of it might not even come down to skill, might just come down to opportunity, you know, and where you're at. So I feel like it just comes down to show you, like, we can really do what we want to do and the opponent shouldn't matter. So I feel like, like, just the chemistry and connectivity between everybody on the team is just really starting to hit the stride. And what's the message in practice every day? I mean, I just watched you guys down there practice and saw you getting some extra shots in there toward the end. Yes, but, like, what's the what's the message in practice, like, between the players? Uh, like, when you're breaking down a huddle? Just to just to give 100% in everything you do, whether that be physically or mentally, you know, it might not be physically, but you just might have to be 100% locked in just to stick with it and stay confident, you know. But, like, a lot of players on the team is just do a really good job of, like, keeping the players around them confident, you know, when they might get down, just, like, tell them just keep going, keep doing what they're doing, just, like, having our backs. I feel like that's the main thing that we're just really trying to stick together and keep growing together and keep pushing and, you know, and just focus on little stuff. You know, just focus on all the stuff that that might like. We've been a lot of close games. For instance, we've been a lot of close games this year. Um, you know, we lost because of little stuff, little mistakes that we made. So just focus on them little things, so stuff like that won't happen again. Because you know, like when stuff's all said and done, and we start to get older, like a lot of the stuff that's happening is, is not going to happen again. And that's really when we're going to be like who we who we want to be. And that's when it's really going to like teams are going to be scared to play us. I believe just because like it's cool because we're young now, we're still learning, but like. Like, by the, I think I think by Ivy's, like, when we start to really hit our stride, then it's going to, like, a lot of heads are going to start to turn, so. Yeah, I mean, the other thing I've noticed, especially the last five games when I was doing notes, um, is the, the defensive numbers are going in the right direction. Yeah. You know, holding opponents to about 65 points a game or something. 
I know that's a focus year round, but what do you think have been some of the keys of this recent stretch? Man, it just differs from game to game. We just, I think we're doing a very good job on just focusing on specific stuff, on whether that be like who we're not allowing to get shots and, you know, who we want to keep off the boards. I feel like a lot of the games that we kind of lost recently, we've kind of followed the game plan very well. Like the other guys have had to beat us. Like it hasn't been the guys that come to the game that we were worried about. Like the other guys have had to step up, you know, credit to them, they stepped up, you know, like. But besides that, I feel like we're doing a really good job, like shutting down. Like UNBC, there was a – like they, the way they shoot there, they're an extremely good shooting team. We held them to six threes. Yep. But, and then they – but they, they did what they had to do inside the paint, you know. But that was the game plan, though. So it's like, you know, we just we just got to find a way to, like, follow the game plan and not let them be able to adjust because they kind of adjust, but we got to be able to find a way to just stop them from adjusting. So, Yeah, that UNBC game, I felt like – I thought something we wasn't really talked about, and I'm not blaming the officials. I just think foul trouble early in the second half yeah. kind of threw, like just kind of threw you guys off a little bit. Yeah. Like whether the calls are right or wrong, that's another conversation. We're not going to get into that. No. But like it just you know, um, but like I said, it, you guys were were tied at the halftime and at, tied at halftime. Some of the guys that were playing well in the first half yeah. had to take an early seat because yeah. of some foul trouble. I definitely agree. I think foul trouble was a big, a big thing in that in that game, especially just like when it goes to confidence and stuff that, like you're used to doing. Like we did a lot of stuff that we're probably used to doing that they did call a foul on us this game, but we've been doing it the whole season. So it's like, mm-hmm. like we're not trying to do the same stuff that we're trying to do. So it's just a lot. It gets in your head, kind of like you don't, you almost don't want to play as physical on mm-hmm. defense. You almost don't want to crash the board as hard because like they're calling all these ticky tack fouls and it's like, and I think like it was going both ways. So it's just kind of. It was hard because we they was just calling on us a lot, so it can like, really affect the flow of a game. Yeah, yeah. you know, I feel like because I feel like if you're in foul trouble like that, you just feel like you're it's like you're out there for a few minutes and then you gotta sit back down, right? It's like you're not getting yeah. into yeah. The rhythm. rhythm yeah. yeah, and even like we took them, we took away the threes, but now that I think about it, like I don't even think they did the best job inside the paint. I think a lot of it just came down to foul shots. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like I don't know how many foul shots they had, but you take away about. 10, in the 20s, yeah. 10, 12, 14 of those shots is a whole mm-hmm. different game. So I can tell you how many foul shots they had. 20, uh, nope, looked at the wrong one. 20. They went 17 for 20 yeah. at the foul line. So yeah, they converted so too, so I mean, yeah. tip your hat. You know? Yeah, no, they converted. Yeah, 17 for 20 is 85%. You know, yeah. but, you know, just uh, in us, you know, that, that probably was the difference in the game, us being 3 for 7 and them being for 17 for 21. Mm-hmm. They got to the line and converted the yep. opportunities, and, yeah. you know, we just weren't able to. But again, like we talked about, I feel like. This team has got a lot of potential. Yeah, you know, like we talked about, a lot of young guys playing. I mean, who's yeah. who's been who's been like one of your favorite players to watch so far this season? Um, besides yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, hmm, it's hard. I would say probably Big Z, just because we both big guys got that post to post connection. I gotta go with my big guy, just because like you know we always getting them hooks in, always grinding. So it's kind of good to just see him like. Getting the work he put in, that see a payoff. So, and you know him being a freshman, you know, I try to help him. You know, all the stuff, you know, all the stuff I'm good at in the post and stuff like that. I really try to help him. Um, you know, it was just with his moves and confidence, post defense, stuff like that. So, man, it's, it's been just fun to watch him develop and grow over these last couple of games, especially you know him playing good scoring and now, you know, him being a freshman like, you, like in high school, you're not used to people really scouting you like that. They might scout you, but it's nothing really crazy. But in college, the scout is serious, like. So people are starting to take away his stuff. So I've, I've been trying to just help him, like, kind of figure out ways to, like, maneuver and, like, still be able to get his game and play his game, even with uh, with them scouting and knowing what he's going to do. So I feel like he's been just one of my 
I think he's been one of my favorite players to watch just because, you know, that big-to-big connection, is, it's nothing like it. Did he come straight from Algeria, or was he, was he in he the He was States at a prep school. He yeah. was at a prep school? He was at, at the same uh, prep school as Geronimo. Oh, he was? So they were teammates in high school. Okay. Yep. Do you know how long he was in Algeria? I don't. We'll find out when we talk to him Yeah. on one episode of this podcast. Stay tuned. Mm-hmm. We will. We will. Stay tuned. Mm-hmm. All right, Josh, what's your uh, – What's your like to the fan base? What's your message to the fan base right now? You know, like you know, you know, the team is you know trying to find it, trying to put it together. But you know, what's your what's your message if you had to like talk to alums or talk to the fan base, like uh, words of encouragement, like you know where you guys feel like you're at? I would just say just trust in us. Like just believe it's coming. Like like if you the record is not indicative of anything that's going on in our team. Like you have to come to a game and really watch us and really really see how we're moving. It's, you have to watch us game to game and see how we're developing because it's, it's so much stuff happening every game. Like We're putting new situations every game that none of us have really ever been in, and we're all learning. We're all learning on the fly, whether that was on the win or lose, but like we're really getting there. Like, you, like just, just stay down and trust what's coming. That's, that's all I'm going to say. Just trust us. All it's right. coming. I like it. I guess we'll, I no, go ahead. Thing. Go ahead. So with these next two games against FDU and Lafayette, yeah. what are the what are you know what are you guys looking to get out of these last two games before taking take the finals and holiday break? Um, just get two wins. You know, build some momentum going into this break. You know, it's going to be a lot of practices, no games. So you know, just these two wins will be big for morale, just confidence. You know, just just for momentum and energy pushing forward. You know, it's going to be there regardless. But you know, these wins will just really help us. Just, you know, just see see the work that we're putting in because you know it's, I like seeing all the all the guys happy. You know, in the locker room, I like seeing everybody happy after a win. You know, I've been here last year. You know, we lost a lot. You know, it was sad seeing everybody so sad, mad, depressed at the game. So like, I really want to see people happy and and have the feeling of winning. So that's it. And then uh, my last question for you before we let you go: You're a junior, so you've declared a major by now. Yes, sir. So, what is your major, and you know, what do you do? You know what you? I don't know if you know what you plan on yet, because you're yeah. only a junior. But what's your major, and why'd you choose it? Um, I want to do sociology. I'm doing sociology, and I picked it because I feel like I'm still undecided on what I want to do, and I feel like sociology is one of them things that's pretty broad, and you can like apply it towards like a whole bunch of different stuff. Um, like I think I kind of want to work in sports. Like I interned with um, well, um, BSC Global this summer. You know, they're the mother company of like the Brooklyn Nets, Long Island Nets. Um, the, the WNBA team, the Liberty, you know, all those all those teams. So I feel like sociology is one of those things that could really, like, apply it to a whole bunch of different things, especially with how things are going nowadays. Like, everybody wants, like, a, ho- a different viewpoint of, like, everything. Like, in a meeting room, you're not going to see, like, straight business majors there. You're going to see sociology, psychology, um, urban studies, any, just a whole bunch of different viewpoints. So I feel like sociology is one of those things that could really help me. Awesome. All right. Well, Josh, really appreciate you being here. Thanks for taking the time to catch up with us, and uh, good luck home Friday against FDU on SNY. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. All right. Should be a good game. Yes, sir. JAG One Physical Therapy is a proud partner of the Columbia Lions. With state-of-the-art rehabilitation equipment and facilities, allow us to develop a specific plan catered to each patient. The JAG One team proudly serves the tri-state area with facilities throughout Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, Westchester, Long Island, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. We're here for you. Get back the life you love. Visit www.jag1pt.com. That's J-A-G-O-N-E-P-T.com for more information. 
New York Presbyterian Hospital is one of the nation's most comprehensive, integrated academic health care delivery systems dedicated to providing the highest quality, most compassionate care and service to patients in the New York metropolitan area, nationally and throughout the globe. New York Presbyterian is consistently recognized as a leader in medical education, groundbreaking research, and innovative patient-centered clinical care. Ranked number one in the New York metropolitan area by U.S. News and World Report and repeatedly named to the honor roll of America's best hospitals, New York Presbyterian has 10 locations in the metropolitan area. For more information, visit nyp.org today. All right, welcome back to the Morningside Hoops podcast. It's our women's basketball segment, and we've got two seniors with us today, Aaliyah. Mm-hmm. We've got one of the captains of the team this year, Big Lil, as we know her, Lillian Kennedy. Woo. And we've got uh, another senior from Gaithersburg, Maryland. Oh, just right off the top of my head there. Wow. Uh, Madison <laughs> Hardy. Thanks, oh. for c- thanks for coming in today. Oh, happy to be here. Yeah, thanks for having us. Of course. And I think we definitely have to start. We're recording this on the day this morning that it was announced that Brittany Griner was released from Russia, Russia's Russian prison. Soil, I think yep. last night or yep. something like that, late overnight. And she uh, got on a plane and made her way back to the United States today. So, I mean, we have to talk about it. And Lil, I'll start with you. I mean, just being in the women's basketball world, right? I mean, how much has this affected you and the team, you know, maybe not uh, every second of your day, but like just like as a constant over the last couple months? Yeah, I mean, I would definitely say it it impacted a lot of us, especially like you mentioned in the women's basketball sphere. She was such a big presence, huge icon in the women's basketball world. And just knowing that one of our own was being held hostage or being falsely imprisoned, obviously set it, it just didn't sit right with a lot of us. So especially for the amount of time that she was over there as well and her wife and just really missing her family. So I think it was really special to wake up to such amazing news this morning and just truly grateful for all the work that everybody put in to get her back from the government, from the league, from everybody who was just willing to support and just make sure to continue to bring awareness and making sure that it didn't fall fall um, or become unnoticed and be forgotten. So definitely truly grateful for that. And Hardy, uh, you know, being a senior on this team, like, and having been around this program for four years, I mean, how much was this topic, you know, kind of broached within the team? Like, not even as, like, a team meeting per se, but, like, that you just talk about it with Lil or with other people on the team and, like, you know, how it's been affecting you or your teammates. Yeah, definitely. I'd say all of us are pretty big women's basketball fans, so it's obviously a uh, pretty prevalent news that was going around. I feel like me and Lil were talking about it, um, like, a few times a week it felt like. Um, but, like, to echo what Lil said, you know, just the tagline going around, like, we are BG, like, we really felt like she's, like, a hero to us. I remember watching her at Baylor, like, when I was a little girl. Um, so to kind of see one of your idols, one someone you looked up to, you know, going through that was really hard. Um, and just thoughts about her wife and her family, but, you know, super ecstatic that she gets to be home, especially around, like, the end of the year, Christmas. Um, so just feeling really good about that. And Lil, I gotta bring up you. Br- you uh, you brought the s- the s- the hoodie today. Yeah, the I mean, orange uh, W and the W. What is it? What's on it? It's just the uh, yeah, yeah. The iconic logo. hoodie. Yeah, yeah, the iconic WNBA hoodie. Aaliyah, you own one of those. I too. almost wore mine today too, okay. but I wore my hair down, and I'm like, I don't want the hood to ruin it. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I literally almost wore it though. That would have been, been so 20. cute. I know. Um, something I would like to bring up though is, 
I always talk about your team and how good you guys are at social justice. So how important is this whole BG thing and for you as a team to not only support black owned businesses, but also the intersection of, you know, the LGBTQ plus community, black women, especially like where, where does that lay for you guys? I know you're always trying to help in that intersection. Yeah. Yeah. To that point, like you mentioned, uh, we really focus a lot on social justice and as you mentioned supporting both black owned businesses and black women in particular like black women are really um we really are very prominent in this women's basketball space like and and just knowing Brittany Griner as you mentioned having all these different identities as a black woman part of the LGBTQ community and continuing to champion her and as we mentioned supporting her and making sure that she she was not forgotten and continue to do what we can do as student athletes and making sure that her message and her voice, her presence is continuously out there is really important to us. I love that. And how important is it for you to, to, you know, be more than an athlete, your time at Columbia, you've made big waves on and off the court. So either of you two can answer this, but what does that saying mean to you? Um, I think it means the world, honestly, like Lil and I just left a class of, um, it was a public speaking class and it was a small class where, you know, an intimate setting where we all got to know each other a little bit better. And I, today was our last class and I'd like to say that, you know, they probably saw us coming in kind of late because it's a 110 class and practice ends at one. So coming in late, maybe snacking on some food um, <laughs> and to where at the beginning they probably thought like, oh, like these athletes, like what are they doing? But um, as they got to know us, like, and we got to show ourselves off the court, they I think definitely gained a different type of respect for us um, to know that, you know, we got a lot on our plate and we're still showing up every day. Um, So definitely here at Columbia, especially trying to let everyone know that we're more than just uh, some pretty good basketball players. (laughs) And how big of an impact do you think that had? Because we didn't get to, we didn't talk to you guys after the WNIT run last year, Mm -hmm. but how big of an impact do you think that had on the student turnout? You know, because you guys, which I think is really special about this team and, you know, really unique compared to some other athletic departments even that I've been a part of is that you guys have relationships and have friendships with people outside of basketball, which is, like, really hard to do, mm-hmm. you know, because so much of your time is this team, yeah. you know. and uh, But you guys have, like, really been out there in the community, been out there on campus. Like, I think your uh, campaigns last year and this year, like, have really done a lot within the campus community to, like, yeah. like not make take you seriously, but just make people respect you, right? Right. So, like, what do you think that's done, uh, you know, do you think that's been a direct translation of the amount of student turnout and campus support that this team has had? Definitely. And to Hardy's point, once again, in this public speaking class, one speech that I actually gave was to persuade people to attend women's basketball games. And one of the biggest reasons that I I cited was to kind of get away from the stigma that Ivy Leagues only have to focus on academics and we don't get to have this school spirit when it comes to attending sporting events that all these other power five conferences or different type of schools these students get to experience like we wanted to make sure make an emphasis to them that you can have fun you can show your support and be part of something that brings everybody together and as you mentioned our WNIT run like really showed that the way that we pack the gyms the way that people who probably never watched the women's basketball game or Columbia basketball game in general just coming out and supporting us. So I think it was really cool and really special to see what our team, what our success was able to do, bringing the community together and super excited for the rest of the season and seeing everybody turn out for our other home games too. And speaking of the community and Aaliyah, like you just brought up, the Black Owned Business to Support Black Women campaign, I do want to highlight while we are on the podcast, some of the black owned businesses that we have uh, or that you guys 
have brought out to the games this year. Uh, so that in that first business was early in the year, early November. I'm gonna struggle with this name. Avril really lilies. How is it? Avril really lilies. Avril really lilies. Yes. All right. A lot, of, a lot of L's, a lot of I's. Okay, okay. <laughs> and I think in this document I'm looking at, there's. I, I think each of you picked a business. Mm -hmm. um, have wow. one of you had your business come I to the game yet? I picked Avril. You picked yeah, Avril lilies. Lilies was the first one. <laughs> okay. Oh, watch out, crutches. Oh, oh. That's okay. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lilies uh, was the first ones. I think I. I might have chosen Boulevard. Okay. If that, if you have if to that think we Boulevard. haven't had, I have the document pulled up. We haven't had them yet. I think, but I think mine's in the spring. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, because we've only had three home games so yeah. far, and we're gonna have our yeah. fourth here at the end, which is gonna be Harlem Hops. But Lil, that's awesome to know. You <laughs> picked Avril Avr Lilies. Yeah. So why? I feel like it was a default. I feel like it was a default. <laughs> okay, it was a group pick. Oh, it was it a group, was a group pick. pick. Oh, but but tell me tell me about that business and why you like them so much. Yeah. So this summer, actually, Hardy, Hannah, Sienna, and I, we were living uptown. Where, where the the small business is located, so around the 137th ish area, and we really discovered this literal gelato spot that was across the street from us. Amazing gelato. I was definitely more a fan of like their cookies, but mm -hmm. Hannah, Sienna, and Hardy <laughs> were absolutely obsessed with their gelato. Extreme, extremely family based, home homemade. Like you can tell, they put a lot of love and care into their business and their product, and it was just a, a nice, safe space to come to. They had the music going; it was so beautifully decorated. So it definitely became a vibe. Like it was almost a, a spot that we visited every single day. So shout out to them; their Don't stuff is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Sorry, we we mixed stopped in a couple. Stopped and said hi. <laughs> stopped and said hi. Mixed in a couple of vegetables. Oh, <laughs> nice, um, but nice. yeah, they're amazing. Definitely, everybody should go check them out. Yes. And then so then for the Maris Lafayette games, which we just had, which we'll talk about a little bit lolo's seafood shack Lolo. and frida's cuisine tell me whose whose picks were those if you know and I have then no idea. and then maybe lolo's might have been sienna mm, i think so i'm what, trying maybe? to see if it says on here or not i thought it did but maybe it doesn't no maybe no. not uh but tell me i mean lolo's and frida's so lolo's is definitely one of my favorites two summers ago we lived um on manhattan avenue don't need to dox ourselves, but <laughs> Manhattan Avenue, um, and it was close by. So the flavors are just so good. I, I don't think I've actually eaten there, but I've ordered from there so many times. Um, but I, I don't know. It really just speaks for itself, like Caribbean flavors. Um, I don't know. Just yeah. satisfies every time no, when we yeah. get it for pregame meal and stuff. It, it's uh, amazing. Yeah, and I'll speak on Frida's a little bit. I've definitely visited Frida's a million times as well. I'm a big fan of the Caribbean cuisine. Got to try their oxtails. Got to try their mm. plantains. Huge Ox fan. Oxtails. Yeah. <laughs> wow, I've never had that. It's I haven't either. <laughs> so good. Okay. So good. Definitely. It's it's expensive, but I think it's worth it. Okay. Try it out. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Nice. All right. Well, in our next uh, Black Owned Business that we will be supporting uh, is December 28th for the home game against Ohio, which mm. will be Harlem Hops, which is a beer mm. bar. Uh, who picked that? Do you know? Not sure. Not sure. I, I'd probably probably Hannah. I was gonna say I was Hannah? gonna say Hannah, yeah. but okay. we've we've toyed around with the idea of of checking it out a few times. We haven't gotten over there, but I've definitely looked at their website a few times, and it seems like they have amazing things going on over there. Um, so excited to visit. Yeah, excited to have another <laughs> game. And I and another thing that people may not know is that with all of these businesses, I think each one that have been to a game so far, mm. uh, they've had either their owner or somebody mm -hmm. attend the game oh. as yeah. well. Yeah. Oh, that's so yeah. sweet. I love that. So that's I mean that's you know we missed Avril. I know it was crazy. The night of that game, I went up. Um, I think it's on one twenty one thirty nine. Something went like up that. with uh, my girlfriend Bliss, and we. I was so excited to see Avril, the the owner. Yeah. 
Um, and her daughter typically works, and I think it's with a friend. Um, they're, like, in high school. And I was like, is Avril here? Um, I was actually trying to inter- introduce her to my mom. And she was like, no, like, she went, to the, she went to the game. She's down there. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, I came all the way up here, and she's Easy. down <laughs> in my hood. So we're going to hook up with her soon. Nice, nice. But, yeah, I mean, this is a basketball podcast, so let's I do want to talk some Let's talk yeah. some hoops. And we've got some good things to talk about, right? Yeah. I mean, first of all, you two as seniors, uh, you two were both part of that 2018-19 first-year class coming in here. I think there were six of you at the time, and obviously with COVID and other situations. I mean, you guys have a ton of seniors in this class with yeah. people that, you know, j- just with the way things shook out because of COVID. But, um, I mean, what is it like to see for you, for you two <laughs> satisfaction – of you're at that freshman year to now, right, Lil? Yeah. Um, what What is it like right now? And I know there's still a lot of work to be done. Don't get me wrong. There's, mm-hmm. you know, we know. As <laughs> Coach G likes to say, we haven't won anything yet. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, just tell me about the pride you take in that. Yeah, I mean, it's been insane to see the growth, the way that we've changed as a program. Like you said, the way that we came in 2018, freshman, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, we didn't win a lot of games. We didn't know a lot of the basic things that come that comes with being a successful college basketball player. So it was really a lot of learning, taking all those games as learning lessons and then uh, taking all those lessons on to our next games and next seasons. So really being a senior now and seeing how full circle it's all come, seeing not only my growth, my classmates' growth, and Coach G's growth as well, seeing the way that we are now and how successful we are. As you mentioned, work's not over yet. Work's now. But just seeing how, how much we've grown as a program and the strides that we're taking to really reach our goals and, and the high expectations that we have as a program has been super exciting to see. And, just, and then also bringing along all the younger ones with us and knowing that we all are mission-focused mission and all have the same goal in mind. And, you know, if you if you ask me, I think you all have a chance and not that we want to be in an at large situation, want to be in an automatic qualifying situation uh, at the end of the year. But I think with the way things stand right now and if, you know, we keep winning, you got to get me one game at a time. I know uh, that, you know, that there may be a chance no matter how the Ivy League tournament goes that you guys, you know, have a, have a shot to get into the NCAA tournament. I mean, and one of those games that may play a factor in that is on Saturday against Mm -hmm. UMass Mm -hmm. Uh, so Hardy talk to me a little bit about you know the team's mentality right now you know how do you how do you handle the pressure of that and try and just you know as a team keep your cool and just like it's another game we just have to focus on us yeah absolutely I think we treat every day at practice like the one before you know coach G really preaches that we want to get one percent every one percent better every day and just work towards our goals every day and it's a it's a marathon not a sprint so but it's a marathon not a sprint but you need to treat every day like a sprint um so we really we really do that every day in practice so you know just focus on one step at a time rather than taking however many more games we have left 15 steps at once um and and that will get us where we need to be yeah i was gonna say it's it's you can't think like, oh, like, you know, as long as we do this, 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 and yeah, that. It's like, yeah. no, because as soon as you get ahead of yourself like that, all of a sudden yeah. you slip slip up, right? Exactly. So, but I will say, and I said this to Tavon Bussey. Shout out to Tavon, by the Shout way. Out for, the, so for the docuseries, so The Hunt. Uh, two episodes have been posted already. If you haven't seen it yet, you can check it out on the Columbia Women's Basketball YouTube page. I'm slipping on the handle off the top of my head. But if you search Columbia Women's yeah, Basketball on YouTube, you'll definitely pop up. 
uh, and there's been some reorganization on that page, so you'll see it front and center as soon as you go to the YouTube page. I think about one episode a month right now, and then maybe as we get later in the year, as things start to ramp up a little bit, things get a little bit more exciting. There might be maybe like one every two or three weeks. We'll mm -hmm. see. I don't know. Sorry, Tavon. I didn't mean to put pressure on you there. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Tavon have a great relationship. Yeah, I've seen. I've seen. I've seen. Guy. <laughs> All right, Aaliyah, go. It's <laughs> out of pressure. Yeah. Okay, um, something I wanted to touch on, I mean, this is coming off the win over Stony Brook, and there were all five starters had double-digit mm -hmm. scoring, and something that's so important about this team is how balanced mm -hmm. you all are. So can you kind of touch on that? Like, you're, you know, anyone can have a night on any yeah, given night. Exactly. So how important is that to this team? Yeah, I mean, I think that just speaks to how dangerous we are. You can't hone in on one player and expect to shut us down. Like you mm -hmm. mentioned, anybody can step up at e any given moment. And I think we've really shown how confident we are as players. Like everybody is shot ready at all times and is ready to go get a bucket. Yeah. And these teams, I think, are, are really struggling to figure out who, who to really focus on because yeah. as we've shown, everybody can score. So it's mm -hmm. been really exciting to see. Well, and someone I want to give a shout out to, and I told this to her just the other day, is Hannah Pratt. Hannah. Her <laughs> shot as someone that like <laughs> – on the outside looking in, like I love basketball and I, I, I little like I recognize the little things. Her shot has just improved so much over the summer. So I mean, you two are close with her. So can you speak on Hannah and her improvement? <laughs> I mean, she's always been a great player, but her shot looks so good right now. Yeah, yeah. Hannah's she's just a different animal. You know, when she sets her mind to something and wants to improve in an area, she's absolutely, absolutely gonna blow it out of the water. Um, and she's just like so consistent. Just shows up. Um, for all of us, but, like, for herself, and um, I don't know. Like, once she puts her mind on something, she's going to get it done. So mm -hmm. yeah. definitely been super proud of her this season thus far. Yeah, to Hardy's point, like, Hannah is a hard worker, and once she puts her mind on something, yeah. she wants to be the best shooter <laughs> in the gym, she'll be the best shooter mm -hmm. in the gym, and she'll work hard at it. And it's been so exciting to see, especially her freshman year, she was out with the ACL injury, mm. yep. didn't have that start with the rest of our class like we did, but seeing her bounce back and – being that player for us in her senior year and stepping up to the plate has been super exciting to see, and I'm so happy and proud of her for being that great teammate. And yeah. shout out also just her family, her brother too, yeah. Um, yeah. plays for Tulane, first in the American Athletic Conference yeah. for football quarterback. So very athletic mm -hmm. family um, and very he, successful. He's so. legit. Yeah. He's the real deal. He, yeah. yeah, he's a very very good football player. And uh, I'm gonna give another shout out to uh, on the topic of Hannah Pratt to Jen Hatfield who covers uh, the Ivy League women's basketball on the next. She did an article recently about, like, one player from each team that has been, like, the Christmas present for each team, and mm. she spotlighted mm. Hannah yeah. Pratt. Very cool. Yeah, yeah that's For that's Columbia. Awesome. Yeah, cool. so shout out. Shout out to Hannah. Well-deserved. Very really well-deserved. Well yes. Really well-deserved. All right. Well, uh, before, we let, before we let Hardy and Lil go, uh, I just want to get one final thought from the two of you. Um, Hardy, I'm going to start with you. Uh, what is the team, you know, to this point in the year, we're 10 games in at the time we're recording this podcast. Uh, what's like one part of the team that you feel like has been uh, the bread and butter of this team so far this year? Like Put you on the spot. I don't know. On the court. On the, basketball on the court? Like on the court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's our bread and butter? Yeah, what's like what's what's been uh like the game changer for you guys this year? Lil Lil's uh Lil knows. Lil's got her answer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then I don't want you to go first and influence me. <laughs> I just feel like I was thinking about this earlier. I, f I don't know if this is a fair answer, but I feel like our bread and butter is the fact that Kind of to Lil's point, like, everyone is firing on all cylinders, but everyone is also so, 
like multifaceted mm-hmm. that if you take someone's shot away, like they're gonna go to the basket and vice versa. And you know, if they can't find it offensively, they'll find it defensively. So I'd say our bread and butter, bread and butter, is just kind of our re- resiliency. Um, I think we have you know uh, a bench that's ready to come in and, and make some noise whenever their their numbers called um so all of the above <laughs> <laughs> i know where lil's going but i'm gonna let yeah. lil talk about it i mean we've been shooting the yeah. ball so well i mean what's yeah. that just came out number one in the nation yeah. in May yeah. threes. entering the week yeah. uh number one in the country in threes per game in total yeah. threes and yeah. i mean awesome. like that's amazing when you're shooting that well and then to hardy's point you guard the three-point line we can mm-hmm. take you off the bounce get to the rim so like You've shown that a few times I this mean. year, Lil, <laughs> with a <the> crossover <laughs> drive to the hoop. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, our offense has been really lights out. And then defensively, we've really taken a step in that area as well, just making a, a really big emphasis on personnel being in the right position, just really honing in on our defensive principles because, as we always know, defense wins championships. Mm. So mm. you can shoot as well as you want, but you got to be able to defend on the other side of the ball too. So yeah. defense and shooting the ball. I'm going to throw in an honorable mention. Um, I think we passed the ball really well. I think oh, so yeah. Yeah, I'm going to throw I two mean, names assist? in the hat, Carly Rivera and Perry Page. Mm. I think they're very talented passers. Uh, and Jada is also, like, a very, very good passer. And KD, I can just literally oh, go yeah. down the line. Yeah. Like, yeah, KD's yeah, yeah. a very Hannah. good passer. Hannah's yeah. a very good passer. I think we had, like, four or Kitty's five people in the top 15 in the league right now in a yeah. game. Yeah, like, I'd yeah. say we share That's the ball one, very, very well. Um God, Perry's a good passer. Yeah. So is Carly. I'm not going to go down the list again, but honorable mention, we're a very good passing team. Very yeah. unselfish. Yeah. And mm-hmm. yeah. I think I brought this up to Coach G last year in one of our interviews is you give up the good to get the great. Like you yeah. give up the good shot to get an even better one, mm-hmm. better look. Mm-hmm. So yeah. definitely something that's very impressive. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for coming in today, Lil and Hardy. Hopefully not the last time we talk to you this year. <laughs> Maybe I'll bring bring you guys back for another episode later in the year. Uh, but the women's basketball team – has uh, a big game Saturday at noon against yep. UMass. Potentially another resume. Revenge week. It's, it's revenge week, as Coach G has said, because uh, Stony Brook uh, last year, you know, beat us here. We got some revenge against them on Wednesday. Looking for more revenge on Saturday in a game against UMass. And then you're going to go to LIU on Tuesday the 13th yep. before the break for finals and the holidays. And then we'll come back here, Levy and Gymnasium, on Wednesday, December 28th, to take on Ohio. Yes. So. And then the Ivy League starts. Yep. All right. Thanks a lot for coming in today. Thanks, awesome. guys. Thank you. All right. Thank you once again to Lillian Kennedy and Madison Hardy, who we just got done speaking to, as well as Josh Odenowu from the first part of this week's podcast. Uh, Mike, what did you think this week? That was great. It's always, I mean, it's always fun catching up with these kids, and uh, I can call them kids now because I'm old enough. Yeah, you yeah. are. Yeah. We've, I think we both at that point. Yeah. 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 Uh, no, but, the, the, you know, it's good to get their perspective. I think, you know, being able to record this especially today and when Brittany Griner's being able to come home is, is great to talk to, to them about. It was great to get that perspective. Yeah. I think so. Um, it, very important. And then uh, obviously, like we said, you know, it's 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 exciting times. I mean, it's, it's holiday season. A couple more games. Got a little bit of time to recharge and refocus before um, December 28th when we have a doubleheader. And then, then we're in Ivy League play. Yeah. And I think it's going to be really good uh, when we come back on the men's side that they, first of all, that they've had so many home games in the non-conference schedule already, but then they're home again on the 28th, and then they get to open with their first three Ivy League games at home, right? So, it kinda fingers works crossed. Out, it kind of works out perfectly for both teams because the women are so veteran-laden that they, they, can, the, yeah. they can handle the first three games on the road. I think I agree with that. 
Yeah, 100%. so the schedule the makers, scheduling this year, yeah. the scheduling, <laughs> the Ivy Matrix makers. <laughs> it worked out yes, for everyone. <laughs> it worked. It worked out for Columbia anyway this year. But I think definitely for sure. I think it's much better for the men to have those first three Ivy League games at home, and the women obviously will be challenged in the first three Ivy League games. A rematch at Yale on December 31st, who they knocked off in the Ivy League semifinals last year, and then obviously the big weekend, uh, including an ESPNU game against Princeton on January 6th and 7th. Mark your calendar. Mark your calendars but before we get there one game at a time as we just got done talking to Lil and Hardy about one game at a time the women have two games left before finals break they'll be taking on UMass that game is 12 noon Saturday up in Amherst Massachusetts uh, if you are in the area and you get or you get Nesson the game will be televised regionally on Nesson if you're not in the area you can catch that game on ESPN plus and then Tuesday the 13th at 7 p.m., a local game. You can just take the two train if you live in uh, Manhattan. Uh, I think it's a two line. It's the red line. One, two, or three. One <laughs> of them takes you to LIU Brooklyn. Uh, but you can just go straight down to LIU. The women will be taking on the Sharks, almost said Blackbirds, the Sharks, uh, Tuesday at 7 p.m., and you can catch that game live if you're not in attendance on NEC front row. And then, Mike, on the men's side. At Friday night against FDU on SNY, and then Monday night against Lafayette on the road uh, in Easton. That'll be on ESPN Plus, too. So plenty of opportunities to catch uh, the Lions this these these last few days before things wind down for final exams and That's the holidays. Right. And we will be back with our next episode in less than a month from when this one went up. We promise this time. I think after the teams uh, play those last few games before the holidays, we'll do, we'll do an episode mid-December there, and then we'll come back for the start of Ivy League season. But this is the Morningside Hoops podcast. I'm Kyle Matrician. I want to once again thank my hosts, Mike Kowalski and Aliyah Funchell, who joined us for the women's segment. We want to again thank our guests that came on with us this week and every week. You can catch the Morningside Hoops podcast on all podcast platforms. That includes Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, GoColumbiaLines.com slash podcast. Don't forget about that one. We would, you know, if you want to download it off there, we always appreciate that. We always appreciate the numbers. Any way you want to listen. Any way you want to listen to it. Um, once again, I'm Kyle Matrician. That's Mike Kowalski, and we will talk to you again in just a few weeks.